Sexual. It's time for grabbing a case and so here plane settle down. It's best you just call him Jason when they see him around town. He might as well throw the script away. He never follows it anyway. He's trying to find the joy in every So listen up, cause you're gathered with Jason now What you've been doing, what's been happening, he's gonna ask it all You never know where it's gonna go, but it's gonna be a bomb So make yourself a drink or two Jason's gonna pour some out of Now he's ready to share some fun with you Say hello, we're gabbing with Jason now. Hi, and welcome to Gabbing with Gason. I am your host, Gason, or as I have coined myself, the velvety voice of homosexuality. That's right. Happy New Year or New Queer for those of you maybe that chose to come out this holiday season and uh, welcome. And for those of you that might still, uh, you know, maybe not ready to come out yet, totally okay. Take your time. There's no rush. Your journey is your own journey. But uh, anyway, my gosh, uh, I think you can tell I feel better. I'm I'm no uh, I'm no longer with with the, with the COVIDs. Is I think everything is good. Might be a little stuffy because of you know it's cold and flu season. But really, I think it's because I dusted. Let's be honest, I hate dusting. But um, but yeah, happy New Year. Um, we're very excited. You know, uh, I think sometimes in January, I typically maybe will do like a a like a flashback episode or like um maybe even a compilation episode but you know i thought hey why don't i do something a little bit different this year i don't know what you did for new year's uh according to tiktok i think 90 percent of people just stayed home and chilled and that's totally fine too you know i remember back in the day when i would host new year's eve parties or go to new year's eve parties or pay ridiculous prices to go to the bars and while that was fun at the time Papa is older now, and I like to stay in. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't need all the glitz and the glam. Although, I threw one hell of a party back in the day. Uh, Guesty Bestie Tiffany will remember it because it was insanity. And um, it was when I was at college in my college apartment on campus. And um, we had so many people in this tiny apartment. People just kept coming in, like randos from the street. Um it was insane um for many reasons uh one being a a friend that you know we're no longer friends we we were like a a a one semester kind of friendship i think (laughs) but um she got completely naked at the party and just spent the whole party nude like i'm talking vahoo out the whole time and everybody was like where where are we and i remember tiffany uh comparing my um apartment living to a a real life beer commercial. I mean, it was chaos. It was a great new year. Um, (laughs) Anyway. And then, you know, going to the bars and stuff like that, like that was, it was a good time back in the day. But like I said, I'm, I'm older now. I'm not going to say I'm too old because you know, I'm a shy 26, but um, it was a good time. It was a good time. So 
what I've been doing over the past few years um, is actually just hanging out with friends. And uh, we've kind of started doing a little tradition lately with some of the guesty besties. We do a game night and um, it's actually really fun just to kind of like have a chill place to go hang out, maybe have a cocktail, definitely eat a lot of food um, and just play different games. You know, we played, I think it was called something's fishy is basically like, can you lie? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I can. Um, it was super fun. I really liked that game. I kind of want to play it more, but you know, and you just play different games and stuff like that. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And, um, the best part is everybody got tired before midnight. So everybody kind of left around like 1130 and I called guesty bestie Peter on the way home. And I was like, I'm going to go home and chill for a few minutes, watch the ball drop. And then I'm going to waffle house. And yes, friends, Gason spent (laughs) the first 30 minutes of 2024 in line. At Waffle House because I wanted a waffle <laughs> that I could have probably made myself at home. But I was like, no, I'm not cooking. I want to go to Waffle House. And it wasn't as crazy as you thought it would be, but it was starting to get really, um, it was starting to pick up. Like there was no room to sit by the time that I left and they were starting to form a line because the, you know, the bars were starting to close or at least they'd had their, you know, their big ball drop festivities, whatever they do with the bars now. But uh, yeah, so that is how classy I am. I rang in the new year with a buttery, syrupy filled waffle and it was, it hit the spot in a way that a waffle should that late at night. So uh, again, no judgments, live your best life. But um, as I was preparing for this episode, you know, we talk about games on here and for a while we've mentioned Dungeons and Dragons and um, you all know that I've started to learn how to play that game and I thought, hey, it's a new year. Let's let our geek flag fly. Okay. So normally we let your freak flag fly and this time let your geek flag fly. Um, that is really hard to say, by the way, (laughs) I hope it came out clear, but, um, I think we need to be proud of our geekdom or your nerddom or your fandom or whatever it is that you're really passionate about because honestly, stop giving a shit about what people think. You know, um, during the pandemic, it was really hard, especially when our state was on lockdown to see our friends. And that's really, you know, if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, that's how this show started was because I couldn't see my friends and I needed them to hear my voice. And I also needed to interact with them. And I think the first, my gosh, I don't even know how many episodes of this show was all virtual interviews, right? And um, during that time, uh, a core group of the guesty besties got together and started playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not going to lie. I tried and I hated it. And we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. Um, I just wasn't, I didn't understand really what it was about. And over the past year, year I think year and a half um guesty bestie Chris and and Mallory and 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 Beth and (laughs) I mean the whole group really convinced me to try it again and I went in with a new um a new mindset on like okay I need to throw out what my misconceptions are and I just need to try to embrace this and understand it and and really I thought about it at the beginning is like you know it's kind of like a video game right like you don't always know how to play a video game right you have to go in there and you have to learn and um, this is just a really more complex video game, but in real life, sort of at a table in person. Um, and so I thought, you know, I let my geek flag fly all the time. You know, I talk about my love of He-Man, my love of Christmas, um, the Golden Girls, Malibu. I mean, you know, I'm very honest with that. And I thought, you know, what I really haven't spent a lot of time talking about is D&D. And so... 
new year, new queer. We're talking about D&D in this episode. That's right. We are going to have a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons. And I know that might throw some people off and you might go, oh, I don't think this is going to be for me. But no, listen, it, it really is. I'm trying to break it down so it's not as complex and we can kind of like understand like how like where D&D came from, you know, how do you actually play it? Like, what are the rules? And really do kind of a simplified version of it. Because yeah, there's a lot to learn. But I am no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm still a novice. I mean, I had to use some wiki stuff to, to figure out some questions <laughs> that I still have about the game. So um, by no mean am I by no means am I an expert in any of this, but I just think it'd be an interesting episode. And so then um I reached out to the D&D players in our group and said, hey, how many of you could, you know, do a quick interview with me or leave a short voicemail? So you're going to hear from a lot of your favorite guesty besties uh, on the show talking about what D&D means to them and, and giving you an insight into to what it's like to play with yours truly. Because let's be honest, I... I'm scatterbrained. I can't pay a kiss 90% of the time. It is a hot mess when we're playing. And I usually start every uh, round when it's my turn with, what are we doing? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> Was I supposed to be paying attention? I suck at paying attention. I am a DM's worst nightmare. So first things first, I think we should probably talk about the history of Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I'm not going to say Dungeons and Dragons the whole night because that will take forever and I will hate those phrases. So I'm just going to call it D&D because that's what we do. We call it D&D. So you can search for D&D stuff all over the web. I'm going to link a couple of uh, articles and a couple of really helpful websites out there if you're really interested in learning about D&D. If you have questions, uh, guesty bestie Chris, uh, I will help him. He can come up with some answers and we can get them to you if you have those. But um, anyway, so... It's, you know, you can abbreviate it as D and then the ampersand sign D or most people do D, capital D, lowercase n, capital D, whatever you want to do, it's fine, you'll figure it out. But it's basically a fantasy tabletop role-playing game. It requires a lot of imagination. And I think that's one of the great things about it because it really lets that creative energy that you might have stored up, uh, it lets that out in a really amazing way and in interacting with other people. It took me a while to get that aspect down. And I'm still working on it, but it took a while. Uh, when I started also thinking about d and I was like, this is like a play. It's almost like an improv, right? Because you you don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't know who's going to say what or how they're going to sound. So, um, But anyway, the game was originally published, um, originally created and designed by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. And it was first published in 1974 by Tactical Studio Rules Incorporated. And it's now been published uh, since 1997 by Wizards of the Coast, which is a subsidy of uh, Hasbro. So the game has been around a very long time. It is older than I am which is not a shock because, again, Shy26. Um, <laughs> when the game started to become popular, uh, there were over 3 million players around the world in 1981. And uh, they were selling copies of the rule book um, about, uh, I think they sold, looking at some of the stats, it was 750,000 copies per year by 1984. In 1992, the game had been translated into 14 different languages and sold over 2 million copies in 44 countries worldwide. In 2004, they did a study and found out that consumers had spent more than $1 billion, that's right, with a B, $1 billion on Dungeons and da uh, Dragons products, which means, you know, game books, minifigures, uh, other merchandise, you know, t-shirts, things like that. And um, at the time, the game um, 
had been played by more than 20 million people. That was in 2004. During the pandemic, the rise in interest of D&D occurred even more. And so right now, they know that there are at least 50 million players worldwide. The game continues to grow. And uh, we're going to talk later on about some of the media that's out there that's really helping the game grow with getting younger generations and our queer family members are becoming more and more interested in D&D well, as well. So we'll talk about that too. Um, now, we can't talk about D&D without actually talking about... <laughs> I feel like it's like the second time I've mentioned the satanic panic of the 80s, but... Um, D&D received some negative publicity, shockingly, from Christian groups. Who is surprised? Nobody? Nobody? Okay, great. Um, because they, you know, they're like, oh, it's devil worshiping, and it's witchcraft, and it's got murder, and monsters, and, and unaliving, and then there were pictures of, of naked, uh, a naked anatomy of humanoids, and whatever. Um, they also were really upset about the term devils, and demons, and all these things, and so... During the the panic of the 80s, the satanic panic, um, there were issues for fans of D&D. They were treated poorly. They, you know, were made fun of. They were called nerds, um, Satanists, all that kind of stuff. Now, it's funny, though, because of all this negative publicity, it actually had the exact opposite effect. Uh, because it gave the game such widespread notoriety that the sales went through the roof in the 80s in defiance of the moral panic. So, or satanic panic, whatever you want to call it. Um, when I was younger, there was this movie on TV. It was a made for TV movie that I saw like, it was like during the Sunday afternoon at the movies or whatever that we used to have. And, um, it was called Mazes and Monsters. And the reason I'm talking about this is because there was another kind of story going along with the satanic panic of the eighties regarding D&D. And that was people who were having difficulty separating the fantasy from the game from reality and even leading to maybe like a psychotic episode. The most um, notable one of this was about a man named James Dallas Egbert III. The, the main facts were fictionalized into a novel called Mazes and Monsters. And then that novel was later made into the movie in 1982 starring Tom Hanks. I'm going to play you the trailer because it's amazing. You can see this movie on Tubi and I think you should because it's just, wow. Uh, I think it's highly offensive to the game. It's extremely offensive to people who um, have, are, you know, battling some mental health issues. But basically, uh, Tom Hanks's character uh, begins to only feel like he's in the reality of mazes and monsters, which is really just Dungeons and Dragons. They did a really great job coming up with that title. But um, later on, the private investigator that was hired by the Egbert family to find uh, James when he went missing actually wrote a book called The Dungeon Master. And in that book, he refuted any connection to D&D with James's personal issues. So even the writer was like, I mean, the the um, private detective was like, no, he had mental health issues. And we need to talk about that. Uh, we, we can't just, you know, blame a game, um, a book, whatever, a, a, that it caused someone to act differently. There's, there's other causes that can happen. So, uh, but anyway, if you need to see a movie with a very young Tom Hanks overacting, uh, it is something. That is all I'm going to say. Here's the trailer. 
Tom Hanks and his friends get caught up in a deadly game of fantasy. I am the maze controller. Until they take it too far. I propose we play mazes and monsters in a real setting. It won't be a fantasy. Too bad for one of them, because now there's no turning back. This is only a game. I know, I killed somebody. Mazes and monsters. Okay. Uh, I'll also link the trailer in the show notes. So you can go back in and click on it and go to YouTube. Or you can just go to YouTube and click mazes or search Mazes and Monsters trailer. <laughs> it's a hot mess, but what are we going to do? Um, so something that I thought would be interesting is, you know, within Dungeons and Dragons, you have to create a character. And we're going to talk about how do you do that here in a little bit. But I wanted to share the character that I've created who has honestly, he's very special to me and I love him. Um, because I got to create a character that is is different from me in, in multiple aspects. <laughs> but my character's name is John A. Sugarfoot. <laughs> John A. Sugarfoot. And um, as we kind of go through this episode, we're going to learn a little bit more about him. But he's a half-elf. Right? He's what they're, he's a half-elf or a halfling. And um, I think what's important to know about him is that... Um, I created a backstory and it's like, it actually really helped me get into the mindset of who John A. Sugarfoot was. And uh, sometimes he talks like this, you know, he's very gangster from the twenties, but it doesn't always happen. It just depends on what he's got going on. Sometimes he talks like this and it just, it's just, you're like, what is he? Wait, you talk? Yeah, you do. You play your character. So um, anyway, I will, I thought I would read you his backstory and then um, we will learn more about him as we kind of go through this. So, um, (laughs) He was abandoned by his human mother at the age of 10 in a crowded marketplace, not because of being a halfling, but because his mom was extremely jealous of John A's incredible dancing ability, and she knew he would one day steal her title of the best dancer in the Bjork Bjork forest. John A quickly learned the kindness of others came at a price. He began to steal and survive and lived on the rooftops of buildings in the marketplace. At 16, he fell into the legendary band of thieves, at least in their own minds, called the Sequined Queens of Grindar. They taught him how to steal, how to con, and how to survive. In the gang, Johnny met uh, Johnny met Zela, another young male human thief. They formed a fast friendship that blossomed into romance. During a heist known as the Affair of Tomas Crown, Jeanne caught Zayla going way too far to distract Tomas, and by far we mean way down. Jeanne stopped the robbery to confront Zayla for breaking their no-mouth rule. Shocked, Tomas, whose crown they were stealing, murdered Zayla in a blind rage and tried to kill Jeanne. Jeanne fought valiantly, of course. His knowledge and skill of dancing helped him in the sword battle. Tomas left his mark on Jeanne, though, with two slashes on his chest over his heart, an X reminding him of the love he just lost. Tomas quickly fled, leaving John A. Cradling, cradling the body of his dead lover, crying, and he was arrested for the murder and attempted theft. John A. spent six years in prison. How he survived is another time. Let's just say that it kind of involved blackmail, murder, chickens, a cellmate he, a cellmate he had to call Dade, and uh, he starred in a prison production of the musical My Fair Goblin, in which he played uh, the lead role Eliza Lies a Lot. 
Uh, the sequined queens of Grindar gave Johnny the spit of disappointment and kicked him out of their gang as they blamed him for Zayla's death. Determined to avenge the death of Zayla, Johnny realized they needed uh, that he needed to keep his connection to the criminal underworld, but also a bitch needs money. He opened up his own private investigator business, a private dick for hire. His motto is, I'll do anything for a coin. <laughs> Uh, when not on cases, which is rare as most people just want him for the night, uh, he continues to journey across the land in hopes of finding Tomas to exact his revenge for the murder of Zela and sticking it to him for good. Um, yes, no, that's, that's literally what I wrote. Every, not everyone I think does a backstory, but I did because it was just so much easier and really helped me get into the mindset of like, how do you play a character, right? When you're doing theater, you typically, uh, not everyone, but a lot of actors will actually sit down, look at the character, see how they are in the script, and then kind of figure out like, why are they making the choices that they do? And it's kind of the same thing, like having this idea of who you are. And how does that, how does this backstory help you uh, become the character and make the choices that you can uh, that you make. So when we think about how do you play again, typically this is considered like a structured yet open-ended role-playing game. So you have someone who's in charge called the dungeon master, and we'll talk about that in a few moments, but they're kind of helping you along in your, your journey of whatever it's going to be. And typically you play it sitting at a table. We all have our laptops out cause that's where we have our information for our characters and stuff. So, uh, and then sometimes there's a map involved. Uh, you know, uh, many figures might be used to, to, uh, have a battle or whatever. Um, Again, one player is the dungeon master who uh, controls any fictional character, any other characters in the game that aren't played by um, the other members in the party. So uh, any, like, you've heard the term NPC. I think a lot of people have heard that term now, a non-playable character. There's a ton of non-playable characters in, in D&D, and they're usually all played by the DM. Um you work together as a group and you, uh, we call it a party. You go on an adventure. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know how you're going to interact usually. And, um, you have to do something as a group. And that's really the whole point of the game. It's like coming together, figuring out what you need to do and how, how is your character going to help them achieve whatever goal is, is it, whatever the goal it may be. Um, and you do this by doing a lot of talking, <laughs> It's a lot of talking. And what's really great is it allows people, like I said, not everyone is going to play a human character. Not everyone is going to speak in their normal voices. You might have people playing with accents. You might have people that can't speak um, human language at all. It just kind of depends. And you meet over a series of meetings. We call it a campaign because that's how, you know, it's like a very long game. Um, and the DM just kind of keeps everybody in check, keeps the storyline moving, determines if there's going to be a battle, what that's going to look like. Uh, they play all the villains. Um, and, you know, when you do the things you're supposed to do, you get prizes. And, uh, you know, my character likes shiny things. So <laughs> what I thought would be interesting, though, is to uh, let you listen into a conversation I had with Guesty Bestie Chris, who is our DM. So I'm with Guesty Bestie Krails. Hello, everybody. Krails. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've got this D&D &D episode happening. And um, I just want to know, talk to me about D&D. &D. When did you first start playing D&D? &D? How'd you get into it? Uh, I started playing D&D &D probably back in the 90s, high school. Um, I played a lot of other role-playing games, though. Like Marvel had a really good one at the time. Um, hmm. and I played, it was D it was three, it was a uh, dungeon dragon 3.0 is when I started playing. Um, I played a little bit of advanced, 
I've never played the, the original base game, the Red Book. How would you describe to someone who doesn't understand how D&D works, how would you, in three sentences, I'm going to challenge you, how would you in three sentences explain what D&D is and how to play it? Um, it's just having fun, using your imagination, mm-hmm. coming up with a good character. Okay. Uh, I know that I struggled coming up with A, a character, and B, trying to understand the 15,000 pages of lore, and then at one point just said, eh, I'm going to do what I want. That's pretty much what it is. And then you let me, because you didn't want to argue. So when you played D&D in the past, Mm -hmm. because you're our DM, and we're going to talk about what that means in just a moment, but what was one of your favorite characters that you ever created? Oh, actually one of my favorite favorite characters was not a D character Ooh. which is interesting it's a van it's a role-playing game called vampire the masquerade oh, okay. um in the original edition um there's a characters called malkavians and they're basically insane is their whole kind of motif oh and so my yeah malkavians are fun because they, yeah, they're they're just crazy and so uh my malkavian actually one of his disadvantages is that he can never call anybody by the same name and I added that myself so I can get extra points to put into other stats. Oh, okay. And so his deal was I literally had to have a baby name book. And anytime I talked to somebody, I had to look through the baby name book and just pick a random name and call the person that. That's funny. <laughs> and so, yeah, he was he ended up torching the entire party. And so, yeah, he oh. was always fun. Um, my Jesus. favorite D&D character. Yeah. And his name was Hey You was his because he never could. Yeah. Um, he, I wrote a short story in his vein, like from his point of view about how he became one. And it was called, excuse me while I eat this guy. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, cause he's a vampire, that's funny. but well, that brings up a great question. How many different can you think of? You don't have to say the names, but how many different like origin characters can there, are there? Cause I know there's druids, there's elves, there's, um, barbarians. Bards. Well, no barbarians. Yeah, cause barbarians. there's a, 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 a creature i guess i don't even know what word to use a person yeah and then within that there's a class which is what you your skill thingy is yeah look at me using these big words for people thingies i mean your basic is the the warrior the rogue the wizard um and they pretty much and i mean barbarian can be kind of clumped in with the fighter mm-hmm. um if you've ever seen the original but <laughs> dungeons and dragons cartoon yeah yeah they kind of cover all the classes that's right there's the thief the the wizard the barbarian the you know so yeah they kind of cover all those and they change kind of randomly like through different uh incarnations you know from basic all the way up to now Mm 5.0 so yeah they've kind of juggled things around change like they added artificer artificer which is kind of cool because they invent stuff oh okay yeah so but there's humanoid people there's humanoids yes is everybody a humanoid um pretty much all the player character because there's, there's all the animals that become humanoids yeah uh there's the human-like qualities to everybody I pretty think. much yeah. depending on the game that you're playing i yeah, guess there's no D. there's really no character that you play i mean you there is a there is rules for playing monster characters mm-hmm. but i mean you if you think you're not gonna have fun playing a gr- like a green slime or you yeah. know something that something doesn't so, have yeah. you know yeah humanoid so okay so tell me about a dungeon master what is a dungeon master? How would you explain? Let's put it like this. I had no idea what the hell D&D was. I remember the cartoon. I really liked it, but I didn't get it. So what 
explain to someone who's never understood what D&D is. What is a dungeon master? Why are they called a dungeon master? And then what is a dungeon master? Well, the dungeon master or game master, DM or GM, Mm. depending on the system, they just create the world that the other players play in. I mean, they literally, and you've got, you can do pre-planned modules. Mm -hmm. Like they have a ton of different modules that you can pretty much have the person, the dungeon master, just read off the text and go by, you know, it's like almost like choose your own adventure and tailor it to the players, or you can do completely homebrew, which is what I like to do. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, and how long does it take you to come up with our last camp? So a campaign is a game. That's what yes. I understood. Yes. I was really camp- proud of myself. Yes. <laughs> a campaign is a game and you can continue from campaign to campaign, or you could start completely fresh, fresh yeah. with nobody even knowing each other versus the relationships yes. that have been built so far. So that's fine. So how long did it take you to come up with a campaign that we just had? Um, it you generally, I am a more on the fly mm-hmm. DM. Um, but I do come up with encounters within the, the campaign itself and the overriding story mm-hmm. for the campaign. So I know kind of a start to finish what you guys are, you know, what I want to have happen doesn't mm-hmm. always happen that way. Truth. Because <laughs> I killed a big thing by pouring water on it. Yes. Um, so you, the players <laughs> always are, uh, you know, you think about are, you know, in that. So I, I can't, I don't like to make it too strict mm-hmm. because I don't like to put you guys on rails. Yeah. So I like to kind of, it's like I said, I'll have the general. So it, it'll usually take me about a week, two weeks to actually come up with like the overriding and thinking about encounters that you might have. Um, D and D beyond has really helped. It's a website that you can go to. We're going to link that in the show notes yeah. for everybody too. Yeah. And so it helps, it really helps with building encounters because I can just have them pre-made for myself. Like I make them mm-hmm. and they just store them on mm. that. Whereas before I'd have to come up with them and have them written down, have, you know, the monsters tabbed this one. You can add monsters. You can add the players, um, and then you kind of just come up with the encounter. So it's a lot easier to just throw those in to a campaign. So like if you guys are doing something and I feel like, oh, this would be a good place for that encounter. Then oh, I, can just pull, okay. I can just pull it up real quick. And so is that. that why you decided that it would be fun to murder anyone my character sleeps with? <laughs> because that seems to be a uh, growing trend um, within the I, game. Look, you just seemed you just have, you know, the, the, the people that you... Uh, interact with that way you know they just are faded unfortunately right to be well the one wasn't my fault it was random combat and they were on the ship and he just it was i mean it was literally just dice rolls the other one was kind of funny but yeah no you murdered them right after i slept with them (laughs) so what do you think is like the biggest misconception minus the the that we know about the whole people think it's like worshiping the devil and all that kind of stuff but what do you think is the biggest misconception about what D &D is i think i think the biggest misconception is people think that they have to have this mindset of you know high fantasy they Mm -hmm. have to be you know saying when you're role playing with people you have to be the oh without you know wherefore art thou you know Mm -hmm. you have to use and it's not really it's you come in you want to have fun you know in the character and a good dm will rein it in if it gets too out of control but uh you will you want your players to have fun with their characters so you kind of let them you know, stretch the rules. You don't, it's not, you know, you do get people that play that are just complete rules lawyers where yeah. everything is by the book and you got, you, you're not, but a good DM, I think to make it fun, will let things slide <laughs> that will, you know, Well, I was thinking too, for me, I think when I started playing, I really didn't understand the role playing aspect. I thought it was nothing but like battling monsters yeah, and fighting. And I was like, what are we fighting? And it took a while for me to really get into the role play 
I think it took a good couple of yeah. probably three or four months for me to get like, oh, I don't have to ask you for permission. Nope. I just say this is what I'm going to do that's, that's or it. I'll start a conversation with somebody else. I mean, yeah. I start a conversation every time because I'm, <laughs> I get distracted very quickly. And you've done very well. You've but done a lot. A lot. I, I have. I actually, yeah. I finally grasped the role playing concept, Yes, which is funny because, you know, it's me and you would think that I should just be able to jump into that. But it took me a while to kind of really understand like, what does that in, entail? Because I was, I would always ask you, can I do this? Yeah. And you're like... Yes. <laughs> so, and I mean, I'm still not great at like the battle because I, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you all. I don't pay attention. I, my focus is really, so unless it's interacting with me specifically, I'm not knowing what's happening 90% of the time, which kind of became a joke in our last campaign because I could not pronounce the name of the person, the, the entity that we oh, were helping. Yeah. And what was their name? Salmon? <laughs> is it Salmon? It was, it was Solemn. Solemn. And yeah, it kept doesn't matter. Salmon. I said Salmon 90% <laughs> of the time. Yes, it was Solemn. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't get it. Then I was like, oh, it doesn't matter at this it, point. It, it was, you, and you used it, which was funny because then I had to come up with her reaction. Her reaction, and she fell in love that. with me, not sexually, but just as the most amazing character. Well, she character. was an AI. She, she was an AI, but yeah, she, she did start great. to have a fondness for me. Yes, she did. Because I was so great. So, um, well, okay. I'm going to ask this question anyway because I feel like we've already answered it. But still, what was your favorite part about me <laughs> playing D&D? I, I honestly, I liked watching you come into the character. You know, you came out. I remember when we, I was there when you first made the character and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to choose this and choose that. And you didn't really seem like it was just kind of like, okay, those are good things that I think I want to get into. But you really took your character and developed it. You know, you developed the, his voice and his speech patterns and oh, that's true. You yeah. know, his, just his presence and self. I think you really just, you can't, like I said, from that first few uh, sessions that we had, you know, and it's just, you just really got, you did, you really just got it. And then it took a minute. Yeah. I think one of the challenges that I had was I didn't understand. I'm coming in thinking like, Oh, we're already friends. We already know each other. And yeah. it was really hard at the beginning to like figure out how do I build a friendship with people that I knew, yeah. but not in their characters. Like yes. I think with, with, with Mal's character specifically, that was yes. really hard. Yeah. Well, you guys have a very strong will. Both of both you of have. us do. We both are very leadership yes. roles. And I just, I do like that. I am generally the cause of some type of chaos. Every time we play, <laughs> there is something that happens that I do. And it's not that I'm trying to intentionally cause it. No. It's just, <laughs> and see, that's what my, when I used to play, you know, I had a regular game every Sunday for years and my character is the same way. So I know how to kind of deal with you in that way <laughs> because my characters were very much the chaotic, you know, I'm just going to do this and just, you know, had the DM have to deal with it. And so I, I, I kind of like that aspect of it. And it's kind of funny because, you know, there are sev I've got a couple groups running and they're so different like the group that you're part of. Mm -hmm. um, you guys like to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, you guys, there's a lot that's why i can't pay attention yeah you guys time. you guys like to plan and get it you know you you don't do a lot i mean there is action and you guys get into that but you you guys are planners whereas my other group they're just the murder hobos they're, they're just like <laughs> they're they're just like I, I i describe a scene and then they're just like all right we kill them 
<laughs> we just keep going. Like they don't really. We stop are to planners. Touch. I yes. don't like that, but you know that I'm like I'm just gonna go do this. Like yes. let's just go. I do struggle with the amount of planning. And that I, we I do. think I think that's good with you because I think you do get them going more. Because before you we had played before uh, your character joined, and yeah, they they are all planners. They're very planning. I'm very. Re- I don't know if the I, I want to go back and relook at how I did my my stuff because I feel like I'm a rogue, right? Yes, Is that what I am? you're playing a rogue. Yes. Tell y'all I don't know what those things are. Um, <laughs> but I'm also very bard-like in the same sense. Well, and see, we need to start discussing because you guys are getting up in levels now. Um, I think we need to start talking about like multi-classing if you want. Oh like, yeah, you could do a rogue, a bard. Yeah, because I feel like. I, well, I, we tried to play once before, and I did not understand what I was doing, and but I put a lot I loved, of heart into that character. I, I love Kovacir. I but thought it I made that- a giant like Christmas bear as my character, and it yeah. had an entire backstory, and it was amazing, and I worked really hard on it, and I just didn't feel like I fit in during that time. Like it just it, was not the right character no, for that group. For that group, and then the problem with that group it was it was a module yeah. that I was running though because they were the first time playing. Yeah, and you got dropped in kind of the mid module, and I didn't agree with anything that people were running yes. to do. And I was like, what am I, am I, am, is it okay to argue? And then I was like, I just, this is not for me. No. So I'm glad you came back. I, yeah, no, Johnny. I came back as a, I think we were watching, was I watching something on TikTok about D&D? There was something that said, don't make your character based on you because you'll get too emotionally invested. And, you know, my character, which is now, you know, John A, um, is like me slightly, but not, <laughs> I'm not as impulsive, I think, as John A. Yeah. Or as selfish. <laughs> Self- John A is very me oriented. Oh, he's so he, me oriented. Yes, I don't is, know. Guesty is. bestie Peter would probably be like, no, bitch, that's you. <laughs> um, but I definitely think that the backstory that I created for him is much better and it allowed for more growth. I feel like Kovacir didn't allow for growth. Well, that, I yeah, feel like you, yeah, but, he was, I went really in depth with that. Yeah. But that would see I, you said that he was just in the wrong campaign. He was in the wrong campaign. He was in the wrong for, campaign, sure. for sure. I think if, if, if I started a different group now, or if I was in a different campaign altogether, I could probably bring him back now that I've had some experience yeah, and understand what the hell sure. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting choosing whether or not you're like chaotic or not. And I don't remember where I put John A, but I feel I like he he's a little chaotic bit, neutral. Yeah, like, but I feel like he's a little bit more chaotic than neutral. <laughs> so after you um, have your DM set up and you start to create your character, the first thing you have to do is choose a class. And, and that's probably one of the most important things that you're going to have to do because your class de- really determines how you play the game or how your character is going to play. Now, There are 12 classes to choose from. There's bards, clerics, druids, fighters, monks, paladins, rangers, rogues, sorcerers, warlocks, wizards. Uh, John A. is a rogue. And um, he's, you know, he's John A. And he, he's, he's something. He is, he is something. But in case you're like, what's a rogue? It's basically a scoundrel who uses stealth and trickery to overcome obstacles and enemies. And um, I just thought that would be kind of fun to play somebody who has um, um, a smarl, a smarl, a smaller moral compass than than myself. Um, John A definitely thinks about himself the most. So, um, but yeah, each one of the classes has uh, something about them that they need. Now I want to go ahead and bring on guesty bestie Sarah to talk a little bit about her being a part of our party. All right. Making a return. I don't know how many times because you've been on the show a shit ton. A lot. Yeah. Um, Is guesty bestie Sarah. Hello. 
You are back. I'm back. You'll be back again in March. Yes. Just don't know if you know it yet, but we're going to talk about banned books again in March. Yay! Perfect. <laughs> we'll I talk love about it. The new ones. Um, I have a banned book club uh, that I'm starting at the library. Actually, so I'm I really excited about it. I wish I was a part of that it. library so I could join that, but I'm I'm like too far away to be part of it. But anyway, you are also part of the D and D campaign. Um, okay, tell us about now. You've played multiple characters. Mm-hmm. I only know one of them, but talk to us about the two main characters you've played since D&D started for us in the pandemic. Okay. Um, I originally started with Renan. Her name was Renan Relaxin. And <laughs> <laughs> what is, is Renan, uh, what, what is their, um, not their class, their, their creature, I guess. Is that the word I want to use? Yeah, she's a, um, it's been a while since we've played her. So, but I believe she's a half elf rogue. So her, her being mm-hmm. is a half elf and she she's is... half with humanoid is yes. she half yes because that's what john a is right like john yeah. a is half human half out um also if you hear some booms y'all we're recording and the neighbors are lighting off fireworks and there's no way to edit that out so i'm just going to tell everybody right now bear with us but there's also a little trigger warning so yeah, anyway so i'm loud. a little annoyed i'm so sorry bitches yeah fucking shit <laughs> Anyway, okay, so she's a halfling. Is she? Is that the gender? Yes. Okay, so she's a halfling elf slash human, and she's a rogue. Yes. And now John A, who's also a rogue and a halfling, we should probably, we're going to become better friends, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. We've briefly met, but it wasn't enough that we established a connection, I don't think, yet. Mm -hmm. Right. So tell me, Renan, a little bit about Renan. Okay. Um, So she, part of her backstory is that, she kind of has a tragic backstory, honestly. Um, she, her family dies and basically um, she is left alone with like her town basically like decimated. Mm. And so she doesn't really know what's going on. She travels a little bit on her own, but she's young and she comes across a, uh, village with a gnome that takes her in and um, about I mean for elves it's like 15 years but it's like 150 years in, in elvish um, okay. but it's she's still pretty young for an elf um, when that happens um, she wakes up one night and half of this town that has accepted her and taken her in and basically adopted her is decimated mm. and so um, and the person who adopted her is like, it's okay, but um, she's like, I still love you, but you need to leave. Mm. So Renan is starting to think like, is this, are these things happening because of me or is someone after me or am I cursed or what? And so when she joins this group of people, it's coming up on the next 150 years. Oh, and so not okay. everybody like that is outside of the game. Nobody, only one person knows that. Um, and uh, she is very like nervous. She's starting to think like, do I need to leave? Am I going to hurt these people? Am I cursed? What? Who am I going to tell? And she's only told um, one other person person that so far so do you think a lot of characters have like a, a tragic backstory do you think it seems because i i know for you know johnny's character has a tragic backstory um and and i feel like a few others have but mm-hmm. i don't know if do you feel like that's a common theme within I, D&D? I think so i think 
so because you're wondering like how did these people strike out on their own mm-hmm. um why are why are they so alone why don't they have their family why don't mm-hmm. they have friends already why are they um joining this random group of people and so i think a lot of the, a lot of the times to have that like sort of tragic backstory where they have to have a found family um <clears throat> is often a big thing in uh, D&D. Now, I have another group that I play with um, through the library, through, with my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And um, that person, I just decided she wasn't going to have a tragic backstory. Sure, because I was going to say, was I, I guarantee like, there are people that don't. But Yeah, but I do think that... Um, and I, I'm very... I personally... And I think maybe with our friend group, friend group too, um, it seems like we're really big on found friendships, found families, um, where it's not. Do you think? Do you think that relates to real life? <laughs> yes, I think that's probably maybe not so much the tragic backstory. <laughs> we all we all have trauma. Um, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know that that all of us have like tragedy with a big T, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> having reasons why you pick your own family, mm-hmm. I think is very significant in our personal, like in our friend group that sure. is playing D&D with us. Yeah. Um, because I would definitely think that we are all as friends, not just in the D&D group that we are all, I consider everybody in that group, my family. Sure. Agreed. And also when we play, I think mm-hmm. the characters think of each other I do that's as why family as they especially as they progress yeah. sometimes you you don't just trust someone right off the bat but as it goes along they're really Yeah and I think people. I think that's my uh new challenge I don't want to say my worry my new challenge with this next campaign is we took away a lot of John A's security by knowing everyone yeah. and now John A only knows um Yavelda Yavelda and is is Beth playing the same character in this one no, I think she's bringing back her old character. Yeah, so too. really, it's just Yvelda, which I think is going to really. I think Johnny is going to struggle a little bit because he's used to everyone around him just being like, "It's just Johnny." Yeah, right. And now he's got to figure out how to fit in with this new group that Veldi already knows. Mm-hmm. Johnny also calls Yvelda Veldi. <laughs> he's decided people get nicknames, you know, and he's lost Bubbles, who was like his his kind of go-to when he needed something done. Yeah. And um, the person that that's Pamela, who's been a guesty bestie before mm-hmm. and the character she plays, um, in the, the old players she's, or the old, um, character she's bringing back is completely different from completely bubbles. Completely different. Yeah, much more serious. So bubbles is very, um, lighthearted yeah. and girly. And it was a good, ditzy. it was good foil because bubbles also would tell John a to knock it off every now and then too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think our characters might become probably better friends in that way. Because um, I've been thinking about it. And I was like, shit, I don't know any of these people. They've already got friendships formed. They already know each other. I'm, it's like johnny has got to start all over again. And I think for him, that's a that's a problem. Yeah. Because he can't keep... That's actually part of his traumatic backstory is he's never been able to... Like, his mom tried to... You know, his mom let him... Uh, left him. And then he fell into with this gang that he thought he was cool with until his, his partner got murdered. And then they kicked him out and he's never had that. And I think for him, he was starting to develop that family and for that family to be gone now, it's going to, it's going to, 
he's i think we'll see johnny again start to being like well i want to do this and i'm going to do this and i'm going to take care of myself yeah because he started to get really close to cass and annie especially Mm -hmm. cass yeah and of course bubbles um and john's bird thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) not not (laughs) he's definitely into not yeah he thought not was crazy but he was still like oh here's a coin and then to watch not give it away and piss him off because not didn't know yeah um, um yeah. tell me about phoebe because phoebe was in the campaign that i started out with and you yeah. came in in the middle of the campaign so talk about that yes and with that i um was able to conveniently talk to the dm um and uh, because he's my husband <laughs> um, but uh, i will say chris is very good about talking to people um about their characters either in person or through chat or through mm-hmm. Whatever, if you have an idea, um, he's and he's really good about um, not also not telling me mm. like, you know, so I if it's something that someone's like, uh, this is just between the DM and the player and I don't want any of the other players to know. He's also not telling me as his um, just because I'm married to him doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm privy to that information. So um, it's always a surprise for me, too, which is nice for the player in the DM interaction, but also for me, I kind of like not knowing. Um, so I appreciate that he also doesn't tell me, but <clears throat> I talked to him about how um, it would best be. That was a loud one. And that was a really loud firework. Um, how it would best, uh, how I would best be able to like join you guys when you're in the water on the middle of, in the middle of the ocean, you're already yeah. on a ship and I'm like, I want to play now. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, well, could I shapeshift? Could I become another, could I be a, um, like a cat or something? And he was like, oh yeah, you could do that. And he's like, actually that would work well because someone can discover you on the ship. Yeah. You could have fallen asleep on the ship and as a cat and, you know, nobody's really going to notice you because all kinds of things can be going on Mm -hmm. on the ship. There could be. And that's how it was too. (laughs) Cause I was like, wait, what's happening? Why is there a cat? I forget who called you out. I think it was Beth. Yeah. I don't um, remember. Or it could have been Bubbles, because I think... Oh, uh, maybe it was she Bubbles. She was... Uh, yeah, but I don't remember. I love that was. we're not even using the name of that actual <laughs> character. We just call her Bubbles. <laughs> well, and, and we were talking before we started recording, too, about how that's kind of really good about D&D, is that your DM can easily weave somebody else in. Like, you don't have to wait for a campaign to end. Right. If you have a good DM, you should be able to just join. And, I mean, yeah, you have to, like... I'm lucky in the fact that, you know, you're all my friends, but everyone has really tried to help guide me into what to do. It's very hard because I don't pay attention. Um, But I think that's part of my charm. So um, I have a similar issue. So I was constantly asking um, uh, two of the players, the Annie and Cass, I was constantly asking them, um, which in this campaign, they're Malachi and Audra. Yeah. And I was constantly going, can I sneak? Can I hide? Can I, what do I do now? Can I, um, fight? Can I do this? And I know like when you first did your thing on your own, we were all so excited for you when you didn't like really ask, like you were like, I'm going to do this. And then it was like, you also like killed the, the bad guy. I did. Yeah. I did some shit. So we were like, whoa, yes. It's like the first time you didn't have like, and I had that same like, uh, reaction like oh my gosh i am kind of liking this now because i was very it took a bit yeah i and i think we were very similar i was very much like 
not that it wasn't the stigma of like I'm gonna be I'm gonna seem too nerdy or anything because mm-hmm. it's our friends and yeah it's whatever but it was more like I'm not gonna understand this and I personally um this is a, a completely other thing but um like people who can't visualize in their mind mm-hmm. I am one of those people mm, gotcha and so sometimes I'm like I'm literally looking at my friend who looks like you, my friend my friend yeah. all the time I don't see. John A in my head. I don't yeah. see Renan in my head. I so I have I'm, to constantly I'm kind of the same way too. Yeah. It's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. So cuz I'm, I'm just... like stop being mean to me Mallory. Right. And <laughs> and there and there is some of that too because I'm like what did I do to you? And yeah. then I started to like slowly get into um like okay, it's it's character and my character or her character would act like that. Yeah. You know, my character would kind of blow that off because of their backstory mm-hmm. and it's not um but at the beginning i was very much like playing my character as myself yeah you know <laughs> yeah and i think that was the hardest part for me too because we both started way back in the pandemic with everybody and we started on the same campaign the same night and we quit in the same day <laughs> yes because i was like i don't like this yeah i was like no this isn't for me this no. isn't what i want to do no i don't like and this here we are yeah it's on the podcast now it's all, yeah we're it's like coming out later yeah <laughs> <laughs> and well and I think then I look forward to it. Yeah, now. me too. It's fun. Well, first of all, we always hang out beforehand. We eat, we chat, we catch up. And then, you know, we have friends that are really good at role playing. And, you know, I thought, oh, I have a theater background. I should be able to do this. And it was really hard for me because I still, Chris and I were talking and I was like, I still sometimes go, can I do this? Yeah. Because I'm still learning. I don't know all the right words to do. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's 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 interesting to try to figure out how I think I say it's interesting on every goddamn podcast. <laughs> um, I'm starting to get my own annoyance at that word. But what I find um, curious is uh, <laughs> is it's it's weird because I'm like you're playing a game, like it's just like playing a video game, like you're putting yourself into that character, right? But in this, like you can be whatever you want to be, and really the only limit honestly, depending on your DM is your own imagination as to what you can do. And, um, I think that's why I like it. I was going to ask, like, what is the thing about D and D that you really love? Like, what is it that makes you want to keep doing it? Um, I, I am starting to enjoy just having a character now that I'm starting to play it, that I, that I can be just completely different than who I am Mm -hmm. in regular life. And, um, that's just fun. It's also fun to see what other people come up with and what, because our friends are so creative and Absolutely, so imaginative yeah. and so smart. Um, so what does that make us? <laughs> we're still, we're the smartest. We're all, we're better. We're most smartest. <laughs> we're the smartest and the prettiest and the bestest. <laughs> um, but I, I, and I like um, that. Well, one of the things that I appreciate too, because I like with my ADHD brain, I always thought like I was very much in my head that like people, even though they're my friends, um, but there are some of, there are some people I feel like take it more serious than I thought I was taking it in the beginning. Uh-huh. And I was like, they're in this small instance, like not in anything else that we do mm-hmm. when we get together, but in D and I just kept thinking like, they're going to judge me if I don't know. Yep. They're going to, you know, like, I'm not going to make it fun for them because I keep forgetting. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, within the past, like, year or so, um, 
distraction row happened. Yes. Oh, and I was so like, good. it's so good. And I was like, you are part of the distraction row. Distraction row. <laughs> um, but it also just made me feel better that I didn't feel like anymore mm-hmm. that I was ruining anyone else's time. Right. Right. You know? I think that was my concern too. And also not taking things personal because I have to remember that we're characters, right? And there were times where I'm like, God, you're a bitch. Yeah. Sarah. Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's true, though. It's, yeah. but Because the characters aren't going to interact a certain way. And you just, um, like I said, when you meet Malachi, um, they're completely different from mm-hmm. Anna, Anna and Cass. Same way with um, Audra is completely different from... Um, the characters that she plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth's characters are often very similar. Like, yeah. she's always a human fighter, mm. warrior. Okay. Um, and they, but they're, they have their differences, but I would say she's the one that is, and well, and, and Mallory plays Yavelda. Always, yeah. yeah. Veldi. Always Veldi. Veldi is there. Yeah, she, that's just, yeah. Um, but other people's characters are a little bit different. And so you're like, oh, Okay, this is a different dynamic, and it's not—it's not me. It's they're reacting to my character, right? Right. Because sometimes my feelings would be hurt, and I was Absolutely. like, "Absolutely." Like, does that person not like me? Yeah, like you hate me now. What's going on? <laughs> I know. On? I don't understand. I thought we were good. Now, what's great is our party has a name called the Sleeping Dragons. Um, I was not a part of that first adventure, so I didn't get to help name it. Um, but I'm part of the Sleeping Dragons. They've they've adopted John A into their world. Um, he had to prove himself, and he continuously um, is the cause of a lot of misadventures because he is very brash and only thinks about making money and sleeping with as many men as possible. So again, nothing like yours truly. <laughs> The next thing you have to do is choose your character's race because, you know, every uh, in, within this game, every race has uh, unique features, uh, specific attributes that only apply to them. And um, it might be that, you know, you can speak a specific language that only you can speak because you are that race. There are over nine races. There are nine main races in D&D. However, there are so many different uh, books out there now and that there are there's so many races i couldn't even begin to name them all but i can tell you the main nine which are dwarves half orcs elves halflings humans dragonborn gnomes half elves which are which is what john a is and then uh tieflings and i'm gonna bring on um guesty bestie audra i have someone very special i have someone who's part of distraction Distraction row So as I've become part of this uh, D&D campaign and group, um, I've made new friends, number one. But uh, I have learned that I am not the only one that suffers by not paying attention. And it's good because the the three of us that pay the least amount are all in one, uh, usually one spot. And then Sarah's catty corner. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> so uh we're gonna we're gonna go with audra yes hi hi <laughs> uh how long have you been playing D D in general um i actually teach and uh my students came up to me and were like we want to start a D club oh. and so that was my first like D D experience because they're like hey you're kind of nerdy <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah i guess yeah 
And so they're like, yeah, we want to play D&D after school. And so then at some point, we just started playing after school. So that was about, I don't know, like six years ago. Oh, my gosh. And the school is totally fine with you in a D&D club? Or is it a I mean, I didn't get paid for it. So no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they knew. Shame on them. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've been doing it for a long time then. And you've, have you done, have you been a, so you, are you a DM there? Um, sometimes. So like I try to get them to DM so they can be more creative and things oh, like that. Okay. So yeah. Uh, what we do now is you know, they start out where we'll do a couple one shots. They create characters and then usually in like my each club group, meeting, you'll do like one campaign total. Uh, well, like, like one event or kind of like at the beginning of the year, um, oh, okay. the people returning, they have their own tables and then the kids that are brand new, we'll have them do a couple one shots for a couple times and then nice. they can decide like if they want to make their own campaign, if they want to keep doing one shots, it depends many, on the year. How many kids are in the club? We have like about 20 that come. Holy crap. That's amazing. And that's actually it's pretty awesome. volunteer. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. isn't teaching at this point volunteer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so tell me about one of your characters because there's audra and yes. there's Cass. i only know yes. Cass. i'm learning audra now we've only had one one episode i think is what we're calling them um we've had one right. episode <laughs> uh and i don't believe audra enjoyed john a right off the bat and i think she's still a little leery of of my brashness yeah i mean so audra like she's this kind of like 16 year old tiefling right what's a tiefling um just imagine a demon something with like horns okay um and so she can i tell you when you first yes. told me, uh, when when i heard the term tiefling i thought it was like a leaf person in trees oh cool because you know like a leafling oh i love you so much i know i had no so idea. i had no tree idea what the hell was going on. yeah tiefling but um, i thought you took out the r i really really hope that chris makes trieflings now i mean i'm trying to get him to do a werewolf with a two by four so please do on the agenda okay we'll make it work it's gonna happen yeah i'm probably gonna sleep with it so he'll kill it real quick <laughs> can i have its skull yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so audra is kind of like a 16 year old and she has to go on a walkabout as part of her culture and um she is so she's very young and naive um which is why she sometimes trusts people way too easily and sometimes if they remind her of somebody, doesn't trust them at all. Oh, is Johnny remind her of someone? Oh, we don't know. We shall see. We shall see, because that's yeah. bullshit. He is amazing. <laughs> um, she also is so naive. Her uh, her father is a drug lord, and she has no idea. She thinks he <laughs> he's rich because he helps people and works in medicine. This, this is what I love about it, because every person's backstory, we don't always like go into them, yeah. which I think is interesting. Like I feel like we need to have those conversations to kind of understand each other a little bit better. But... Um, it's the amount of work that goes into creating a character. Like you put in as much as you're going to get out of it. Yes. And I feel like some people really put a lot in. Like I did the, the first time around. And then this time I really kind of was like, okay, let's just go crazy. Let's make him whatever. And yes. he's brash and flamboyant. How is it playing a 16 year old? What are you tapping into? Are you tapping into like you at 16 or um, just your whatever students? my students do <laughs> that week. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm writing that down. Now, what uh, is, is because uh, I don't know, I'm still learning Audra, is she, um, what is she, a spellcaster? What's the, I don't know the right words. She's I'm a still cleric. learning words. A cleric. Yes. So what does that mean? So she follows a, a deity or a god, okay. uh, and that's like her Patreon, and, and mm -hmm. that deity or god blesses her with magical abilities that heal, but also creates mischief a little bit. Okay. 
Interesting. All right. Yeah. And then real quick, tell us about Cass or Annie, whichever yes. one you want to be this time. Um, to... I could be anything at right. this point. Yeah. So um, in Audra our previous was... campaign. Yes. That was Audra. Audra. Mm-hmm. And tell us about Audra, who I think loved me towards the end. Not in yeah. love, but just thoroughly enjoyed everything John A. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah so she was like a COVID character. Yeah. <laughs> COVID character. So we went real into the backstories. Um, this one now, uh, me and a fellow um, friend, we play twins. Mm-hmm. And so we're twin um, circus performers yeah. turned um, mercenaries. Yeah. Because that's what you do. That Sure. Yes. Um, so I play Cass and um, my partner plays Annie. And we usually flip a coin or roll a dice to see who's playing what because we're very androgynous. So mm-hmm. we can uh, uh, flip personalities. Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's real really- neat. Trying to form and understand what the hell's happening. It's real cool. <laughs> um, and one really bond. likes John A. And the other is not... 100% in? Yes. But they're about... We're getting there. They're about 70. You think about 70? Yeah. I'd say about 70. Mm, 69. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really hard playing Annie because I know Cass really likes John A. better. Yeah. Yeah. Because John A. is fun. Um, and as part of our um, rituals, John A. has really helped us out because we are looking for the best skulls to bedazzle. <laughs> and and usually those skulls are of John A.'s dead lovers. <laughs> You're providing. You're a provider for us. I am. I am. But also, I believe you also like to steal a little bit, like John A. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I just know that I can always count on Cass and Annie to be like, yeah, let's go get something. Let's just go take it. You know what? Sometimes you got to. You just got to. Um, <laughs> what's your for, uh, What's your favorite part about D&D? Like, why do you enjoy it so much? Um, I like the creativity, and mm-hmm. I like just being able to cut up. It's true. I mean, we say some ridiculously and sometimes offensive shit. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite part about me playing D and D? There's a there's um, everyone's getting asked this question. Oh my gosh! Okay, was it the fans? Was it the singing? I think it's that you show me like whatever you're shopping for. <laughs> <laughs> like outside of character, yeah. When I'm on eBay and everything else, I'm like, oh, this would be cute. When the other side of the table is talking. <laughs> And we don't pay attention. And some, right. It's either, there's three of us and one of us at some point will go, wait, what's going on? Am I supposed to do something? Is it my turn? <laughs> Steal that rug. <laughs> Let's go take it. <laughs> I think we can kill that thing. Let's fight it. Oh, <sighs> my God. Did you see the, you saw the movie, the new movie that came yes. out? Did you like it? I love the big fat dragon. <sighs> Who doesn't want a chonk dragon? I, I want it so bad. What, uh, what did you like about it? for D&D folks like what was the thing that you're like oh this gets us right I think that it was totally written as if someone just rolled dice you know like mm-hmm. instead of having this beautiful arc you know it's just like oh and then this happens and then it just shows up what, uh, explain the dice system because I think that's something yeah. that I had trouble with and I still do because I don't know what the, I always have to ask which one am I supposed to roll <laughs> d20 just, first d20 what can you talk about the dice system just a, a, a yeah. for someone who doesn't really understand okay i'm D&D's not the about. best you should That's ask okay. chris this but well we already talked to him oh well he got to talk about being a dm oh fun yeah yeah so usually you just ask the dm which <laughs> <laughs> um so usually you have an initial role um and it's with the d20 and That's so a 20-sided die yes i'm really proud of myself i learned that it's one through 20 yeah. Oh my gosh. And I and I have like three sets of dice now, which I never thought four sets, five sets. Yeah. I don't even know. There's so many in that bag that I carry. Your bag of holding? 
Yeah, the yeah. bag of holding. <laughs> um, and so you tell, you roll it, and you're, you're going to tell your DM like what you rolled. Um, and sometimes there's modifiers, so you might have extreme skills or extreme luck, mm-hmm. and those are the modifiers. Um, and then you're going to tell that number, you're going to add those together to tell your DM. Your DM on the other side of the screen is going to have like a challenge level. So like mm. if it's a low challenge, like anything above a nine, you're gonna you're gonna hit. You're gonna do something successful. Um, if it's an extreme challenge, it might be you have to be above fifteen in order to be successful. And if you get a one, then shit happens. We, we all have gotten that one, shit especially happens. sometimes during a battle when I was like, "Well, am I dead? <laughs> Did I die? <laughs> Not yet." <laughs> pretty sure pretty goddamn close <laughs> wasn't it um who was it oh didn't someone like hit someone hit my um twin in the oh, middle it was of john battle. john hit our twin john because because if you're not careful yes. certain things you can do will affect someone else and of course in character <laughs> instead of going after yeah the bad you went guy, after john. <laughs> i had to go after him which yeah. is so funny <laughs> it is so chaotic but I don't know. So how would you describe D&D to somebody who doesn't know anything about it? Like what in three sentences, what would you say to them to 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 explain what it is? Wow. Way to like box me in. Yep. Three sentences. Three sentences. Because we're right. a chatty group. Let me we are. Let me uh get my fingers out. Okay. Um so it is a role playing game that can really go anywhere. Um, you need at least two people to play. One is going to be um, telling the story, is and one is going to be. Sentence? <laughs> this is a run-on sentence. <laughs> English teacher, and um, the others are just going to be acting it out. And number three, it, luck plays so much into it. So our party is actually a pretty big group of people. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to get everybody into this episode because that's pretty much just like trying to play D&D. Sometimes you can't get everybody to to be able to go. And it's really great that Chris has to come up with reasons of why people aren't taking part in whatever is happening. Um, I believe once John A. just was out looking for, for Dick. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I don't know. I just wasn't able to make it. So pretty sure that's what happened. Um I think the most challenging part for me when I was learning how to play this was coming up with like your feats and your skills and your armor and basically like your points, right? And um, in D&D, you have to have um, statistics that determine how good you are at things. So you have to have, you know, something that tells you how much strength you have. What's your constitution? How smart are you? Uh, what's your wisdom like? What's your charisma? What's your dexterity? You know, rogues, te- te- rogues te- uh, technically should probably have a lot of char- uh, charisma because we're we're kind of shady. Um, you know, you might hear the term hit points. If you play a lot of video games, your hit points are your HP. How many times can you get hit before your character dies? It's the same thing. Your character could die in this game. And then you're like, well, shit, I'm dead. What do I do? Well, maybe you have another character that has an ability to bring you back from the dead. Who knows? Um, you also have to choose your armor. Like what, what are you wearing? John A's armor is shit because I wanted him to be slutty. He's basically, uh, kind of looks like Xander from, um, the old cartoon show. I think it was on Comedy Central, um, drawn together. He looks like Xander, the guy that played like a link, uh, from Zelda kind of, um, kind of character so he's dressed very slutty and he is living his best life he's got a great ass and he is not afraid for people to see it in his in his uh, barely any clothes <laughs> you also have to come up with like your feats or your features which is basically the in- unique abilities that your character uh can perform um 
and everybody is different, right? Everybody has things that they can do that is a little bit different than, um, than the others, right? It makes you, it makes you a little bit more, um, useful in certain situations. So like for John A, he's got fast hands. Of course he does. Um, but not the way you're thinking. Uh, you know, he's a thief in a way. <laughs> he will steal stuff without people paying attention and pick a lock and do whatever he's got to do. Um, it's pretty impressive when he learns how to uh, to do things that he can do a really great sneak attack when he's fighting. So he's got a lot going on, um, but everybody's is different. You're starting to see some of the guesty besties that you know and love. Uh, we're going to bring on Beth B right now to talk about um, their experience with D&D. It's been a bit since you've been on the show. It has been. It's because you're rude. Well, um, whatever. We did a Christmas movie. <laughs> That's true. Or did we, we did an we did, Easter movie. We did Easter. Easter oh, egg okay. morning. Yes, Easter egg morning. Welcome back, guesty bestie Beth B. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who is also a member of the Sleeping Dragons. Yes. Uh, a founding member, because I'm not a founding member, but yeah, I you are to be. So tell now you've played multiple characters, and John A only knows one, Devra. <laughs> and uh tell us about Devra and then we can talk about your other character. That sounds great. Yeah. Um uh, so Devra, who goes by Dev mostly in the game, um, is kind of, I don't know, she, she's kind of ornery a little bit. She's a, she's a human. Um, I play uh -huh. the token human usually, if I didn't already say that. <laughs> um, I might have already said that. Um, but uh, she's kind of a, a partier. Like, she's really just kind of carefree. Like, she's go with the flow. Like, if we're going to go out for drinks, we're going to have drinks. She's also not afraid to stand up to John A, though. That's true. Like, I think they give each other a hard time, but they there's do. that definite mutual <laughs> respect. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, Johnny's acting up. She's going to give him that look. There is a look. Um, I get a look at least once a game. Yes. Sometimes it's Absolutely. also the shut up and pay attention. <laughs> I mean, there is distraction row. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Everybody's talked about Distraction um, Row. Yes, well, because it's Distraction Row. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's great. I love that we have a name for it. But you know, that whole side of the table <laughs> tends to get that look at least once a game. Because, you know, you've you. got... <laughs> and then occasionally Ballard will be like, Jason! <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Shopping Which is on funny eBay. Because, I mean, Yavelda and John A also, you know have they, like a big big personality they do go on and on sometimes so. it took her a second to trust me but i think she does know mm -hmm. yes me and veldy you, know. you and veldy i just noticed stroke veldy's ego and i can usually get what i want <laughs> that's true um but yeah <laughs> and no it's it's a great relationship um and i think i think all the characters have some sort of like dynamic or interesting relationship with john a um and it's true it's it's good it's just like how it is in real life <laughs> That is absolutely true. So what's Devra's uh, skill? Like Devra's, is it class? Is yeah. that the word I want to use? What's Devra's yes. class? Um, she's a fighter. Fighter. Um, that is also my MO. I'm usually a human fighter. Mm, okay. Um, and so she likes to get into the action and mm -hmm. kind of be up there in the front. Um, I would say that she's kind of a tank, but... Um, kind of like the secondary tank. I think Yavelda. Um, oh yeah, Veldi's always yeah, first. Yeah, always first. Yep. But um, but I do try to play my character in a way. My character is in a way that can take a lot of hits. So mm -hmm. when you're picking out your different feats and stuff like that, I like to get things that boost my uh, HP. Mm. So that way I can take more hits, especially if I want to get in there and do some damage. Do some damage. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but you can't cast any magic yet, right? 
Um, with Dev, I don't believe I can. Um, Would you be able to? So there's like mm -hmm. leveling up, right? Like we get points for different finishing a campaign. Mm -hmm. We usually level up or something happens to where we get close to new levels but would you do you know if a fighter ever gets magic abilities yes um my other character which i'm very partial to vera um is also a human fighter but she's an eldritch knight and uh so yes so in her (laughs) experiences and as she levels up uh she's gained uh some spell slots now she's not as powerful as like a sorcerer or somebody whose primary focus is magic, but mm-hmm. um, she can do a little bit of healing, a little bit of um, spells. Can you just so. imagine when John A gets to a point where John A can use magic? Oh my gosh, everything's going to be sparkling. Every It's going to be insanity. <laughs> it's going to be a hot yes. ass mess and sh- I'll probably kill somebody by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of the adventure. Now, before <laughs> Sleeping Dragons, had you played D&D before or was this your first foray? Um... Do you like how I use that really fancy word? It's like the 10 point word of the day. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Um, I did very briefly in high school. We did like one of those out of the box campaigns and um, we just did like a quick dungeon crawl. And um, my first experience ever, the people in the group with me and we were all friends. So nobody was like doing it out of, you know, like malice or anything like that. But everyone was so goofy that every other turn somebody was lighting my head on fire and i was like you know what y'all need to y'all need to stop yeah (laughs) like in a funny way yeah um and that was really my only experience prior Mm. um no it was it was a fun time we were giving each other a hard time but um i'm really really glad that um we found all of our you know our awesome group and have the sleeping dragons and i think you know chris's storyline is amazing oh it's been so fun i mean I didn't like it at first, and now it took a while for me to learn. I'm getting better. I, I wouldn't say that I'm an, a, a skilled player in any means, but I'm getting better. Um, You're doing great. I, thank you. Yeah. I like positive support. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you love about D&D? Like, what is it about it that, that makes you still come back and play? Um, I always love, um, like stories that are kind of set in fantastical like worlds and things that have magic. And um, so I think D&D offers the opportunity to, to escape like your real life and kind of jump into this um, this world where um, you can kind of be and do whatever you want. Um, but on top of that, just the, the people that you get to spend the time with, you really grow into a big family and mm-hmm. you go to battle with these people and you um, really care about these people and your characters develop like develop like legit personalities and your characters form relationships and personalities um, and connections with you know each other and it's something really fun and beautiful to watch and like you feel like you really like care about these these characters and people I love that I think that's so sweet how would you describe D and D in three sentences to someone who has no idea what it is. <laughs> I've given this challenge out a couple times. Oh, yes. Um, Audra had is, a really long run-on sentence. <laughs> I mean, that's probably going to be mine, too. Or it's going to be a couple of just, like, short things that don't make sense, probably. <laughs> um, but it's a fantastic escape from real life where you build relationships with people and learn how to interact and learn st- uh, strategy and critical mm, thinking. And, that's good. Um, so not only are you able to escape the real life, but you're also learning 
um, skills that are transferable into real life. Wow. So shit, you hit um, it hard. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about me playing D and D? Oh my gosh. Um, the fact that the addition of you has created distraction row. This is hundred percent accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, it's always fun really uh, playing with you because you bring, um, a really, uh, comic relief to a, a lot of the comic relief to the group. And, um, I think our group, while we do have really funny moments and, um, you know, characters like Renan and, uh, you know, Audra and Yvelda and, um, Param and, I mean, just everyone um, really kind of jump in and uh, Valkaria. Oh, my gosh. There's just oh, like yeah. there's comedy relief that pops in. But I think one of my favorite things is that John A comes in and uh, like just says and does things that you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's because like, I don't know what's happening. Like you personally. Uh, and sometimes like you do things that, you know, Chris will come in, or, you know, the DM it will come in and like totally throw everyone for a loop because of something that you did yeah. and we're just like what is happening um and so you know i think your connection with the twins and the current uh the current campaign i think we're bringing back some old characters uh -huh. so like i'm excited to see john a and audra oh. and malachi interact yeah because um, be uh, malachi is is a pretty serious character yeah pretty um, sure they're so, gonna hate me so um no but i'm really excited to see that that you know um that juxtaposition you know i think it'll be interesting i know i was talking earlier about how john a is you know never had a family Mm -hmm. And he loses his family with his first group. And this last group, he kind of felt like he was part of something. And now mm -hmm. starting over almost again with very few people from before mm -hmm. when he had built like his relationship with Bubbles, his, you know, his relationship with the, twi with, with the twins mm -hmm. and with, with not and having those things. And now he's just got Veldi and he's got you. Um, and that's really it. And for him, I think he's going to struggle a little bit. Just as I think about it, I was like, mm -hmm. damn, he's really going to, he's going to have to like prove himself all over again to this new whole group of people uh, or well, entities. I don't know. I don't like saying people because they're not all peoples. None <laughs> right. of them are peoples. Right. All these characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but and see then, how that like makes you think, you think about these types of relationships that you're building with people. And so in real life, you really start to think about the dynamics and how those mm -hmm. things work. And anyway, sorry. Well, no, no, you're right. Because if you think about it too, I think it helps with your communication skills because mm -hmm. if you're used to being gung ho and making your own decisions and now you've got to work in a group and, you know, maybe you're used to being the leader in every group that you're in and now you're not like, and that was a struggle for me. Cause I'm used to, I don't know. I'm always put in a leadership position, whether I get it myself <laughs> or y'all just decide. And right. so knowing that like Veldi's the leader, right. That's really hard for me to be like, yeah, but I'm used to be in the top personality. I'm used to be in the loud one. I'm used to be in the one that's in control of things. And so I think that was a struggle too, but it teaches you, I think better communication because you're going to interact with people who, even though they're playing a character, they're playing a character of somebody that you could, in theory, a communication style that you would react meet in real life. Mm -hmm. And almost in a way, it's like teaching you how to communicate with different types of personalities. Yes, absolutely. And still to achieve that goal, whatever that goal may be, whether it's that moment or a long-term goal. So I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, I think you really develop a lot of skills if you look 
look at it that way. Absolutely. I completely agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I, I think it helps with relationship dynamic communication. Um, and there's a lot of diversity in the game as well. Mm, so you so get much to diversity. like learn how to navigate and be respectful and mindful of the different um, races and characters and um, people's, you know, uh, differences and, you know, like, I, th I think that's pretty amazing. So um, I, I like it for that as well. But um, I yeah, I agree. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Another thing you have to figure out is like, what is your equipment? And are you a spellcaster? Because, you know, if you're like a cleric or a sorcerer or a wizard, you can, you can do spells and you have to learn new spells. And these spells are batshit. I'm not going to lie. There is some crazy stuff that people learn how to do. Um, if you aren't a spellcaster, which John A is not, but he might level up eventually to learn a spell and Jesus. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to see what that happens. But you have to figure out like what weapons you can carry and what other like special items you have. So like if you're a rogue like John A, uh, you only have like skills and like basic weapons like swords and daggers. But he has those other skills that we've talked about, right? Like a, a sleight of hand and things like that. So uh, one of the greatest weapons that John A was able to get is called the Rainbow Rapier. And it is a, a fantastic uh, bright sword that um, <laughs> that does a really great job, but it has a, it's a, <laughs> it's got a color spray. So it's just a rainbow. Um, and then John A got a magical hat. Um <laughs> <laughs> he got this hat that when he um comes into a room the hat um announces him and it's it screams hey daddy and <laughs> this magical hat it's amazing and that's kind of like another reason i love this is that you never know what's what's gonna happen it's so funny i love my hat um, I also have glamoured uh, studded leather that I have. And I have um, a cloak of many fashions. So I can um, quickly change my cloak into whatever, you know, John A would need if they're going to like a frozen land. He can't have his little asshole hanging out. He's got to he's, he's wear some pants. So um, it's ridiculous. And I love it. It's so much fun. I don't I don't know how else to say it. I just it's so silly and fun to be able to find these things. And I love being uh, like, hey, Chris, I want this weapon. And he'll be like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I've been asking for this. Um, this like goo, I think it is where you make people throw up random things depending on what they roll. And Chris has told me no multiple times, but I'm going to get it. I don't know how. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear them down. Um, <laughs> let's hear from guesty bestie Sarah. Hello. Um, this is Sarah, and I'm calling about D&D, as promised, even though I forgot 500 times. So I have two current D&D characters, as you know, as a member of Distraction Row. Um, my first one is... Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my first one is... Um, cast, um, and it, he, she, <laughs> shit, edit this out. My first one is Cass, and she is a twin of our friend's character, um, the third member of Distraction Row. Um, we play a pair of twin tieflings, um, that have lived quite the interesting backstory. Um, they grew up in a traveling carnival. Um, they were orphans, but they don't have, like, a tragic backstory. They've kind of really enjoyed being adopted into this carnival and having so many um, colorful parents. 
um, they've never really known the difference. So now they are traveling the world, um, seeing all these different things. And then I've just recently started playing one of my old characters with the party. Her name is Malachi. She is not a happy-go-lucky cast. Um, she's kind of the opposite. She had a terrible um, childhood. It uh, started out really well. Um, then it went really terrible. Um, she spent some time kidnapped by a cult before she was able to break out. Um, and now she is uh, traveling around with some of her friends, but mostly um, living as the odd couple with her patron because she's a warlock. Um, and her patron happens to be a celestial being who's also her diva because she is a, a an Asmar, which are like a partial um, angelic celestial type being. Um, they're born to humans, but okay. Anyway, um, so <laughs> she is kind of the crotchety one. He is the fabulous one, and they are living together as the odd couple. Um, no romantic feelings there, though. Um, so I love playing them. I love D&D. Um, one of the things I really love about D&D is you can be literally anybody you want, um, and you can share that with your friends. My favorite part about playing with Jason is he sits next to me, so I have an endless source of entertainment. D&D was not I mean, it was entertaining, but it was not half as entertaining as it is now. We have Distraction Row established, um, and it is my favorite part of D&D right now um, because I always know I'm going to have a good time, um, and I will be distracted and possibly get um, an annoyed look or two. I do feel bad about that, but only a little bit um, because our friends are – it's always with love. Everything's with love in our group. We always have um, a really great group with us. Um, but, yeah, sitting between the two people I sit between, I always have a great time. Um, Distraction Row is the place to be. And um, I am glad that Gason joined our group and made it what it is. I am very lucky. It's an honor and a privilege, sir. Um, and then – Number four, describing D&D in three sentences or less. Um, I am not very eloquent in this, um, but I would say that you are storytelling with your friends. You do have someone in charge, so you have a lead storyteller. Um, and then the rest of the storytelling is improv with a little bit of math sprinkled in and frickin' dragons. One thing that's great about D&D is, again, you know, there's 50 million players, right? Well, there's enough media out there that's helping to attract uh, new players to the game. There's over 100 published books and stories, and these are for all ages. Um, my favorite one that I have found is for for the, for the little ones, and it is the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the ABCs of Dungeons and Dragons, and it's super cute. I'll put a link on uh, the show notes, but it's like A is for adventure. Our journey has begun. B is for book, the source of all the fun. And it's super cute and um, um, super, it's not super expensive. I think it's like 12 bucks on Amazon. So uh, I, I plan on giving it out as a gift to someone. So um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, you should totally go get it because it's super cute. I love when kids' books are like super cute uh, based on like popular things. So um, there was also a cartoon show set in the 80s that I remember watching as a kid. Hey, look! A Dungeons and Dragons ride! 
stranger? Barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. Is is definitely like a toned down version of the game, I believe. But it ran on CBS from 1983 to 1985 for three seasons. It had 27 episodes and was canceled before they could write the final episode <laughs> or before they could animate the final episode. Um, it focuses on a group of six friends who are basically transported into the realm of Dungeons and Dragons um, while riding a roller coaster at a theme park. <laughs> um, they range from like nine to 15 and uh, each one of them, there's like a ranger, a cavalier, an acrobat, a magician, a thief, a uh, barbarian. My favorite character is this baby unicorn that they call Uni. And um, they actually, this past year in 2023, released um, highly articulated uh, action figures of all of those main characters. I still need to get them. I don't know why I haven't bought them yet. Um, but I would love to do more on just that cartoon at some point as another show, maybe in a couple years. Who knows? But I don't know. Um you can buy it on DVD, um, but if you look really hard, uh, you might be able to find it on YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to link it because I'm pretty sure it's legal. But you might be able to find every episode, including a reading of the finale. So um, now I want to get to our last voicemail, which is Guesty Bestie John. Hey, Gason. It's John. So I wanted to call in and talk about D&D real quick. So... My current character is Param. He is a Warforged, which is kind of like a big living robot. He's a fighter. He's level 10, and he's kind of naive, and he's a little bit glitchy. Like, he'll be talking to you and just kind of glitch out, and sometimes he does unpredictable things, but he's very lovable. Um, what I really love about D&D is, you know, I'm a writer, and I like making stories anyway, and so to have the chance to make stories with my friends is amazing and a fun thing just to see what happens um it's it's yeah which is one of the reasons that i love playing D&D with you gason because of the unpredictable nature of playing D&D with you i never know what the hell you're going to do and when you do do things it's like you'll start doing something and then something shiny comes along usually a boy and then like we just don't know we don't know also how i can horrify you sometimes is just beautiful um, and then to describe in three sentences or less why I really love D&D, or, or not how, why I love it, but to someone that hasn't played it before to describe it, I would say it's a collaborative way to work with your friends, um, to tell stories, and you can be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do, and it's all dependent on luck of the dice and making smart decisions, so... Yeah, it's strategic, but also just insane. Now, I'm sure you're probably like, okay, so you're letting your geek flag fly, but how does this kind of relate to the LGBTQ plus community with D&D? And it's pretty amazing. You can go out and just search for LGBTQ D&D, and you'll find article after article, blog after blog of people talking about how 
they feel that they can be maybe their authentic selves or it's helping them discover their authentic selves by playing characters who might be a little bit different or who might hit closer to home. And um, D&D is, is giving queer identifying individuals the space to express who they are or express who they'd like to be. And um, there's so many online communities now. There are queer D&D groups that meet in most cities. Um you know, there's uh, different websites out there like Roll20 that um, have these areas for, for uh, LGBTQ plus individuals to go out and meet. And it's created a safe space because for the longest time, we can be honest about this, but for the longest time, D&D was played by cis, white, straight men. And it wasn't very welcoming to diverse communities Um gender diversity, uh, LGBTQ plus folks. And within like probably the past decade or longer, it's become such a, a, a larger, um, larger and more accepting, um, activity. That's a great word for it. Activity. You know, um, our group was full of diversity when we play love it. And, um, you know, some people, their characters might be asexual, you know, some might be non-binary. Some might be gender uh, gender non-conforming. It's really fascinating to see if you allow people the creativity to create who they are. I would highly encourage you to go uh, maybe watch Critical Role. Uh, it's a podcast um, to see what D&D is like. Um, we didn't talk, though, about... Um, the two movies. There were two movies of D&D that came out. There was one that came out in 2000, which starred Marlon Wayans. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. I also don't think it did that great, but I don't remember it. I know I saw it, but I really don't remember it. Um, and then there's the new one that came out with Daddy Chris Pine, um, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, it has an amazing cast. It's actually a really great movie. Our group all went to go see it together, which was just sweet and wonderful. And I really enjoyed it to get, to just kind of experience it together. Now it's not a hundred percent accurate to, to D and D lore, but I don't know for me, I liked it. Um, you can actually stream that on Paramount plus and I would encourage it. It's actually a really good movie. It's, it's a great sci-fi or uh, fantasy movie, regardless if you know how to play D and D or not, it doesn't matter. And there is a uh, spoiler alert. I don't care. It's been out for a while. There is a blink and you miss it. Uh, cameo of people dressed like the characters from the cartoon. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, I was really happy about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think from from my perspective, you know, I'm a creative. I have this outlet, right? I have this podcast, which is fantastic. But sometimes you just want to play, right? And playing D&D has allowed me to kind of embrace that fun, ridiculous improv side that I don't really get to do a lot. Um, because you know, I have a script and I gotta do this or whatever. So having that ability to just kind of go balls to the wall and just kind of see what happens. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that I think it's made my friendships stronger, even when we argue in the game, because I will tell you, guesty bestie Mal and I have argued many times during the game and guesty bestie Beth B, two individuals that I love and adore immensely. And, you know, I have, I'm like, oh wait, do I take that personal? No, it's the game. Like we're just playing a game with each other and our characters might fight, but they still are gonna protect each other in the end. Um, so I think it's made our friendship stronger. Now we don't play every weekend or anything like that. We usually get together maybe once a month 
and try to play for a couple of hours and it's fun. You know, if I can get everybody's permission at some point, I would love to record part of a game so you could kind of hear about it. Um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm going to take a lot of work to do, but um, I mean, that could happen. You know, maybe next year we do another D&D episode. Who knows? Maybe this will be an annual thing. I don't know, but I would love to hear if you play D&D or any type of role-playing game, um, whether it's uh, in person, live action, or maybe it's even a video game. I don't know. Let us know. Um, you can shoot us an email at gabbingwithgason at gmail.com. You can always leave a fantastic voicemail at 636-400-3732. Now a shorter intro message. You're welcome, Kristen. Um, but you, <laughs> you can just tell us what you do. What is your What's your what's your geek flag that you want to fly for the show? And we'll play them throughout the year. So you know, just call and, and leave us a leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear it. Um, but I think something that we have to think about is is we can't judge a book by the cover that we have been told. And what I mean is is like you you know, growing up, I was like, oh, D and D's for nerds. Oh, those are for you know weird people in school that nobody talks to. Blah blah blah. It's so silly because I didn't open my mind up to something that was actually really fun and enjoyable. Plus, I get to hang out with my friends, you know. So even if you're like, "Oh, it sounds really weird," and I can't believe Gason did a whole episode dedicated to this, um, you know, give it a chance. Go watch a game. Go look at one of these websites that I've got attached to the show notes. Go learn a little bit about it. Doesn't mean you have to play it, but at least you have a better appreciation and understanding. And because remember, you know, we're all people, we all enjoy fun, different things, you know, and, um, I've really just made some, some deeper friendships playing. I love the fact that I'm in distraction row, pretty much created it. And that's fantastic. Um, I won't lie and say there's not times I'm working on the podcast while I'm supposed to be playing and paying attention. (laughs) I've been caught multiple times, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's a new year and, and just be you and, and, you know, whatever you're into, whatever your passion is, whatever your, your geekdom or your nerddom or whatever the fandom, I don't care. Whatever it is, be proud of yourself. Um, share it with people. If they're going to be judgy, fuck them. You don't need them in your life anyway. Um, but it's a good time. d d is a good time. That's where we're coming from. I don't want to get on an angry step right as I'm ending the show. But um, anyway, glad to be back. I'm glad I'm feeling better. <laughs> And uh, there'll be more episodes to come. You know, we've got uh, we've got some exciting things coming up. Don't forget, we have our annual <laughs> the annual single people's awareness special <laughs> going up in February. So um, you know that'll be a fun one. And um, <laughs> those are damn ridiculous. But uh, and we'll have some more exciting announcements. So, um, yeah. And don't forget, like I said, if you want to leave us a voicemail, we love playing voicemails on the show. Um, even if it's just to call in and tell me that I'm amazing, I will I will play that. But if you have a question uh, for me, if you have a question for the guesty besties, uh, we're happy to answer those questions. So um, shoot them on over. And you can also, if you don't feel comfortable with a voicemail, just email us. You can even message us on Facebook. Okay. There is multiple ways to, to contact us. So it's fine. Um, also don't forget that, uh, you know, I have multiple other podcasts because I clearly love the sound of my own voice. Um, you can check out keeping the old tide gay. It's wrapping up its current season. Uh, this month will be the last episode until next, uh, September. Um, and then also, uh, my newest show, um, which I got, I guess I can stop saying that now because it's been out for a while, but, uh, out of the holiday closet, we'll have a fun episode this month too. So get ready for that. Make sure you like us on Facebook. That's the easiest way to kind of follow along what's going on with the shows. 
Um, we still have our website with gabbingwithgason.com. And if you're interested in helping out the show in a monetary or gift fashion, you can check out our amazon.com uh, uh, wish list and you can look at becoming a Patreon pal. Um, there's lots of different options for those things. So, um, well, we appreciate you, but the easiest and the best way to help support this show, honestly, is just share the show. If somebody's having a bad day, you know what I'm going to say, throw a little gay their way. And I'm that little gay. So, you know, throw me over at them. Be like, Hey, I know a backpack gay for you. And they're gonna be like, what the hell is a backpack gay? And you're gonna have to say, to listen to Gabbing with Gason to find out what a backpack gay is. Um, and if you don't know what that is, you have to listen to a previous episode because I mentioned why I'm a backpack gay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. All right. I'm going to let you all go until next time. Remember, be loud, be proud, be bold, and be brave. And we'll gab with you soon. Bye. Say hello, we're Gavin with Gibson now.